stand around daddy. And as a daddy, I love that affirmation. I love it. I love to talk to the members and see what's going on in their lives and to connect with them. But oh, I love my late night hour when everybody's going to sleep and nobody will get on the phone. You know why? Because there's nobody but me and Jesus. <laughs> And the Bible, the Bible says that I can commune with him. It even said early in the morning will I seek you. And sometimes in the wee hours of the morning when there's nobody else around. Is there anybody else like me when there's no other distraction? And sometimes I have situations that my friends may not know. I don't have to have a long conversation. I can just look up to heaven and say, Lord, you know. You know what I need before I need it. You know what I need to ask before I ask it, Lord. I want to take this time to commune with you because I know that you're going to meet every need in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody that knows that God will meet every need in your life? There is a word from the Lord as we continue in our series, The God of Miracles. You stand with us if you can for the reading of the word of our Lord. As we have a theme this year, we walk by faith, not by sight. And we serve the God of what? Mirror. I'm going to say it until somebody catches it. We don't serve the God of maybes. We don't serve the God of possibilities. But we serve the God of miracles. If you need a miracle, why don't you give God a hand clap of praise in the building? That you know he's going to do it. <laughs> that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask a thing. Thank you to our praise team for ushering in the presence of God. Thank you to our musicians that are, that are working hard to put together a greater vision for our church as we grow and we seek to what? Reach the lost and teach the found and change the world one life at a time for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is a pleasure to be with you. Thank you to Terry. I haven't got a chance to say it publicly, but for those people who are getting blankets and they're cold right now, I know if you walked in today, you know it's cold. And, and I, for our team that's been going out, Brother Bob and, and, and Victor and Brother Dave and the kids and Robin and, and all those people in Lamarck that are going out in the freezing cold to carry blankets to people who can't get them. And they're going out into the freezing cold to give food to people who might not, might not be able to otherwise get food just to share the love of Jesus with them. I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I was looking and, and we were coming the other week, the week before, as we were doing it, and we stopped underneath a bridge. Victor led us to a bridge. And as I watched them roll out, and they not only did they take the blankets, but they stopped the car. We were holding up traffic, y'all. There were people behind us, and they were holding up traffic. And, and Victor and them rolled out. Not only they gave out the blankets, but they tore the cardboard apart so people could use it for beds and stuff. And they stopped. And even when I saw the people coming behind me, you know Detroit drivers are kind of mean, y'all. And, and I, was, I was wanting to go. We were going, and all of a sudden, Brother Bob said, no, we have to stop right now. I said, Brother Bob, there's somebody coming. Brother Bob jumps out of the car and runs down the bridge down the end to find somebody to minister to that's the fire that we need people that love Jesus and don't mind sharing God with them. and I want to say from the bottom of my heart I thank you for what you're doing for those who can't go for those who are coming and praying and our prayer warriors I thank you for that I'm so grateful to be here with you today there is a word from the Lord from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 chapter 1 chapter 11 starting at verse 1 and we could all read it together let's read it says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see 
This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel bought God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he commended as righteousness when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found, hallelujah, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. From those scriptures and other scriptures and by aid of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk to you today by this topic, by faith. By faith, you may be seated. Lord, speak your servants, listen. Teach us how to walk by faith. Empower us to walk by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. My brothers and my sisters, this morning is an awesome morning. All the things that God is doing, all the faith and that is happening and this year we serve the god of miracles and god is doing some new things in this church amen and god is doing some miracles in this church we're seeing things that we haven't son, th son, seen and hearing things that we haven't heard and i come to tell you that god is going to do a new thing this year god is trying to do something new for us god is trying to give us a mind transformation he's trying to reset our mind because i bet I, i'm afraid that as christians across america we have gotten comfortable with the way things used to be <laughs> we've gotten comfortable with the fact that people were just going to show up on sunday morning that people were just going to be faithful to god but isn't it amazing how god can send a wind or allow a virus and a plague to rain through the earth and you begin to see that everybody you thought was on your side isn't in your corner and you realize that more and more people are leaving the faith in the early times of the baby boomers about 70 percent of americans said that they were christian and not only that they were christian but they attended church regularly in 2019, for the first time ever in America, less than half of America says that they attend a church. 47% no longer consistently attend in a house of worship. There are many people who are leaving the faith and some are even deconstructing their faith to try to find out what it is they really believe. And they're not just leaving the church, they're leaving their faith. And last week we talked about commitment and burning the plow and being sold out to God and how important it is to be sold out to the Lord. And I told you something, I don't know if you remember it, but I told you that the enemy is after your commitment. He's after your commitment. He doesn't mind you coming to church every now and then. He doesn't mind you coming on the first and second Sunday. But, oh, he doesn't want you to come every Sunday. Oh, he doesn't want you to be at Bible class. He doesn't want you praying with your kids at night. He doesn't want you to have devotionals at night. Because when that happens, you become a problem and a fly in his ointment because he's already defeated. But he's going to wreak as much havoc as he can before he leaves. And he has to burn with eternal fire. 
And I've come to submit to you today that when you become committed to God, you are a threat to the enemy because the prayers of the righteous, they what? They avail as much. And when you give consistent prayer and consistent worship and consistent consistency in your life of spiritual growth, the enemy is threatened by you. He doesn't mind you showing up to church and looking pretty. He doesn't mind you raising your hands during the service. But what bothers the enemy is when you finally burn the plow, when you finally become completely committed to Christ and say, I'm going to stop calling and asking that we're going to have church today because it's snowing. And I'm going to be disappointed if they're not having church today because it's snowing, because I'm going to find a reason to come serve God instead of a reason not to serve God. Thank God. I'm glad for you being here. I'm glad that you showed up today. I'm glad that you had the faith to get out and come in to the house of God. But I submit to you this morning, but it is not just your commitment the enemy is after. But the enemy is after your faith. The enemy, he wants your faith. He doesn't just want your commitment because he knows that if he can get your faith, he will get everything that will keep you moving in the direction of God. For your faith is your belief and your belief determines your behavior. When people are living wrong, it's simply because they are believing wrong. And when people learn better, when I was down south, they used to say something. If you learn better, you do better. And the enemy is after your faith. He's after your belief because if he can get you to drop back on your faith, he doesn't have to worry about you putting your hand to the plow. You will go away from the plow because in your heart, there's no point in touching the plow at all. I submit to you this morning that your commitment is not the only thing that's out that he's after. He's after your faith. He's after what you believe. Jesus took 12 unlikely characters and he put them together in a group. And those 12 men who were unlikely to accomplish anything by themselves with Jesus turned the world upside down. And not only did they turn the world upside down, but they had walked with God the Son. And because they walked with God the Son, they believed in God the Father, whom they had not seen because they had seen the miracles and the signs and the wonders. And when Jesus left to go back, they would not turn back on God. They were brutally beaten. Matthew in India was pierced through his heart. Some, in, like John, were poisoned and burned in oil. Some, like James, were thrown from the top of the temple mount to fall to their deaths in stone. Each disciple except for John was, was given a horrible death and they would not give up. As a matter of fact, all they had to do was recant and go back and say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. But they, they would rather die than give up on what they believe. <laughs> I submit to you this morning that God is looking for a people who would rather die than give up on what they believe. People that are completely committed to the cause of Christ. People who are truly committed to bringing people in, not just to fill a building, but to help fill heaven's gates with people who are saved and blood-bought and know the King of Kings. 
and the Lord the Lord. It doesn't take much to fill a building. You can fill a building with a little lights and good music and a few gimmicks. You can fill a building here. But I remember my spiritual father would always look at me and he said, son, I'm not trying to get a load for Sunday morning. I'm trying to get a load for heaven. The load for heaven will last. Is there anybody else that's trying to get a load for heaven that's trying to take as many people as you can with you to heaven? I don't know about you. But I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I don't want to walk the streets of gold by myself. If I must, I would. But I want to see my mother. I want to see my father. I want to see my cousins and my sisters and my brothers. I want to see all of you there. I'm not selfish. I don't know about you, but I, whatever God wants, I want. And the Bible said that it is God's will that no man should perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him. Somebody say, I'm a whosoever. Hallelujah. That means that by faith, if you would just believe, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. These disciples, they lived and they died by faith. They had faith in an invisible God who rules an invisible kingdom that produces visible results in the earth. Because I submit to you before the physical realm was created. And we know that for those of us who are coming on Wednesday night to look at Genesis, we realize that before there was ever a physical realm, there was God. The Bible says it more profoundly than anything we could ever think of. You can try to erase him out of schools. You can try to erase him out of culture. You can try to erase him out of curriculum all you want to. But all I have to do is go to Genesis 1 and 1, and it tells the story in the beginning, God. <laughs> and guess what? In the end, God. <laughs> For he said that I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first. I am the last. I am he who was. I am he who is. I am he that it is to come. So in the beginning, God, right now in the midst of your tough situation, God, declare God over your situation. And even in the end, he'll be there to welcome me home. The book of Hebrews comes in and the author of Hebrews is talking about once again the supremacy of Christ. He has a Pauline bent to his 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 letter and his epistle. So many people believe that this is Paul and he begins to go down through the annals and talk about who Christ is. And then he says something that's important. He comes down to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 and he says this, because you have been justified by faith. In other words, faith is powerful. You believe and you're saved just because you believe. Let's read that scripture. What did it say? And but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who strengths back. Hallelujah. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Uh, the Bible says that no man putting his hand to the plow is fit for the kingdom if he turns back. I've come to tell you that if you're going to put your hand to what the old folks used to say, the gospel plow, you got to keep tilling till Jesus comes. There is no retirement plan in the kingdom. Lord, I'm going to serve you until I give my last breath. Lord, I'm going to serve you until they take the sheet and put it over my head. Lord, I'm going to serve you until they take the dirt and drop 
drop it down on my grave. And even when they drop it down on my grave, I'm going to live forever. So I serve you to the day that I die. I serve you through eternity. <laughs> Hallelujah. He begins to talk about faith. And as he begins to talk about faith and he's walking us down through the house of salvation, down through the house, showing us the pictures of who Jesus is. The writer stops by a hall. And if you wonder what that hall is, it's called the hall of faith. And he looks down that place. He says that the just shall live or walk by faith. That if you're going to be saved, your lifestyle should be faith. And he knew somebody would ask, well, what is faith? So then he says, now, faith. Somebody say now. Now indicates that just like it was then, it is now. Now faith is just like faith was then. Faith is right now. And then he says, now faith is the substance. I'm going to quote the King James of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. And if you just listen to that in the old King James vernacular or our English, we don't really get it. But if you look at the word where it says substance, that substance word in the Greek means something like concrete or a floor. In other words, that it is the basis holding everything up, that it is a sure foundation. In other words, that faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is a receipt on what you have not yet received. Well, what do you mean by that? In the age, I, I've, I've gotten my wife shopping online. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. My wife used to like to go inside the stores, but I've gotten her used to shopping online. And I said, you got to catch up with the ages, baby. Come on and get online. And she got online. And now every time I turn around, I'm starting to get to know the mailman. I'm starting to get to know the FedEx man. I'm starting to get to know, know the UPS man and, and know who they are. And I might tell her to pull back a little bit, but I know those of you who are familiar with shopping know this, that you will look at something and you'll go down through your list of, through Amazon and you'll say, I like that. <laughs> I want that. But the problem is that it's not where you are. It's not that it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's just not where you are. <laughs> you can look and you can see it and you can visualize it, but it's not where you are. <laughs> and so you decide, I want to take what's over there and get what's over there that I cannot see, but I know exists right here. So what do I do? I take out my credit card and I pay and they give me a receipt. Now that receipt lets me know one thing. What does that receipt let me know? That even though I don't have it in my hand, even though I can't see them bringing it to me, although I can look at the tracker, it might not be on the truck. But if I get a little nervous, all I have to do is look at the receipt because the receipt means that this is proof that it may not be here, but it's on the way. <laughs> and I come to tell you that faith is your receipt. <laughs> when God is giving you a promise, you may not be able to see it right now. It may not come like you want to. I, I hear my, my seasoned saints of old, they used to say a, a old colloquialism that said, he may not come when you want him, <laughs> but he's always on time. What does that mean? That even though God has not moved how I want him to move, it does not mean that he's not moving. He's just moving in a place that I cannot see, but my faith is a receipt that says it's on the way. Somebody says it's on the way. 
Hallelujah. The doctor may have said you're sick. And he and that's true. Faith, let me tell you what faith is not. Faith is not saying that what is real is not real, but what it's saying is that God is able to change it. Faith is saying, yes, the doctor may shake his head. Yes, what's on the PET scan may be true, but I serve a God. And I've got a receipt that said that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever ask or think. And that my healing can be on the way. Somebody say, I got my receipt. I've got my ticket in my hand. When you can't seem to find a way in life, you need to take your faith up and say, I've got my ticket in my hand. No man has seen God. No man has seen heaven. But guess what? I'm wondering if you like I am. I have my ticket in my hand. I have a ticket called faith. I believe that God will do what he said he will do. Is there anybody like me that has a testimony of faith where it looked like there was no way that you were going to get out of a situation, but you just had enough audacity to believe that God would do what he said he would do, and God was who he said he was, and when people called you crazy, people said you had lost your mind, you begin to stand. What were you standing on? You were standing on faith. And faith is strong enough to hold you up because it's faith not in your ability, but in the ability of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the enemy wants your faith. Because faith is detrimental to the kingdom of darkness. If he can take your faith, he can hijack your hope. And if you don't have hope, you won't be able when the day turns dark to make it through the dark days. Because I've come to tell you, whether you know Jesus or not, dark days are coming. You're going to have some trouble in your life. You're going to have some struggle in your life. As a matter of fact, sometimes walking with Jesus doesn't mean you have less trouble. Sometimes walking with Jesus will cause you more trouble. But Jesus says, fret not when thou walkest through the water. I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, it will not consume you. When you have faith, God will take you through. Even though it may seem tough sometimes, even though you might get discouraged, even though you may feel like getting up, even though you may feel like every time I get up, something seems to knock me down. I've come to tell you there is no better bomb than that of faith. Faith. Somebody say, I'm still holding on. I've come to let you know this morning, you, you didn't say that like you believe it. Somebody declare that. Somebody needs to hear that today. You, the enemy has told you that you're not coming out of what you're coming out of, that you're going back and that you'll never walk with God like you need to. The enemy has told you that your best days are behind you and you might as well give up and eat your whole cake with your son like the widow and die that is over for you. But I've come to tell you that your best days are not over, that your latter will be better than your former and Jesus name somebody shout like you mean it I won't let go hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah yes families may have to deal with troubles in this world we may have some battles that we have to fight but I've come to tell you that faith will keep you in the fight <coughs> God never promised that you wouldn't have to fight sometimes 
But when you get over in the corner and you're beating and you're bludgeoning and you're bloody, he'll, he'll do just like a trainer. He'll pour a little water in your mouth and he'll wipe the sweat from your brow and say, I know you're beating, but you got this. You can get up and you can do it again. I've come to tell somebody who's given on life, given up on life, and you feel like you'll never make it. Get up and do it one more time. Do it again. Come on and give it to God that you're not out. You're down, but you're not out. God is able to do exceedingly above all that we could ever ask or think. Now, faith is the substance of things hopeful. Faith is my receipt, but I believe it with all my being. I believe that if God has made a promise, it's going to come to pass. Why do you believe that? Because number one, if you're going to have faith, you must believe that God is who he says he is. The reason a lot of people end up leaving the faith is because they never really believed that God was who he said he was. And when times got tough, they turned back on the faith. The Bible says Demas turned back on the faith because he loved the world too much. He really, although he went along with Paul and other people, he really didn't get it and grasp it that God was who he said he was. Well, there might be other ways to God and all these other things, and that's what they're saying on TV. So I, I'm not sure about it. You'll never make it in on that. I've come to tell you that John 14, 6 says that I am the way, that I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. Well, I'm offended. Well, I didn't write it. You can't be mad at me. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ, his son. But if you're going to get there, you must believe that God is who he said. He you must believe that God is who he said he is. And then if you believe that he is who he said he is, then you'll know that God will do what he said he would do. <laughs> who is God? <laughs> he is God, Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. He is God, El El Yon. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is whatever you need him to be. And one thing you need to know if you're waiting on the promise of God, this is something else that God is. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor is he the son of man that he should change his mind. If he said it, he's going to do it. All you got to do and learn to stand on it and believe it in faith. Hallelujah. Faith is full confidence without doubt that God can do what he said. Faith is the receipt of what has not yet been delivered. And the Bible says through the hall of faith that the elders obtained a good report. That God was pleased with them. I've come to tell you if you want to really please God, have a little faith. Uh, nothing makes me more pleased or any husband more pleased. When your wife comes up and says, you can, you got this. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> I know you can do it. How about you, Brother Turhan? <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure he's that way. How about you, Brother David? There, if, if Stacy come up and say, you know what? Can't nobody carry a trash can like you did. <laughs> <laughs> When you carry that trash can, I look and say, I'm the luckiest woman alive. Nobody can carry a trash can like my baby. Derek could be carrying trash out when it's empty. He'll just be walking with the trash can because she has given an affirmation of who I am. And when we believe God, what we're saying to God is there is none 
like you. Hallelujah. And the music that we sing on Sunday morning is never an accident. It's an intentional. We're singing worship and faith. God, there is none like you. Hallelujah. There is none that can heal like you. There is none that can save like you because your word says that you are mighty to save and that you will say there is nobody that can heal my body. There's nobody that can give me deliverance. There's nobody that can give me peace like you. You give me peace even when I'm in pieces. And God, I thank you for it. The Bible says in verse 3 that we understand by faith that through faith the worlds were framed. In other words, that the world didn't come from a big bang. The world came from a big God. I know you might not have heard me, but the world didn't come from a big bang. The world came from a big God. And all he had to do was say, let there be. And something that was not was created out of something that was that we could not see. The Bible said the things that are seen were created from things that are not seen. So the things that are what? Seen are created from the things that are what? Not seen. Let, let me show you how this works. I'm going to show you how this works. Uh, let, let's try it again with me. Say the things that are what? Seen are created by the things that are what? Not seen. Now I want you to think about something that you believe in God for. <laughs> I want you to think about something that you're trusting God for. And you can't see it. Therefore, it's the things that are not what? Seen. Yeah. But just because you can't see it don't mean that it's not there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Most of us can't see oxygen. But when it's gone, you know it's gone. What you have to believe is that there is an unseen God working in an unseen kingdom. Working on your behalf. Hallelujah. I know Brother Dave told a story one time of him being young and they not having a lot of food and they didn't know what they were going to do and they didn't know where their resources were coming and they looked in the cupboard and they didn't see anything. Hallelujah. But although they didn't see anything, the God in the unseen touched the heart of an old Pentecostal preacher to bring something to their door so they could eat. So the things that were what? Not seen were manifested in what was seen. I've come to tell you that you might be dealing with something. You might be dealing with a depression in your life. You might be dealing with struggling, going back and forth between the world, and you can't see yourself as a better person and somebody that's close to God, but I tell you, if you can visualize it by faith, the things that are not seen can be manifested in the things which are seen. This morning, I got a new niece, praise God, and for nine months, my niece had not been seen. But just because she hadn't been seen doesn't mean that she wasn't there. She's been growing and she's been forming and, and God has blessed. And my brother sent me a text. I haven't got to see a picture yet, but now she's in the earth. You know what that means? Sometimes God is working on something and it takes a second for it to incubate. And the, long, the bigger it is, the longer it takes to manifest. So don't get discouraged because if the enemy can take your faith, he will try to keep you discouraged so that you will walk away from keeping faith. And when you walk away, by the time God drops the blessing, you are no longer standing in that spot because you've given up on God. I've come to tell you today, don't give up on God. Keep your hand to the plow because God's not going to give up on you. Hallelujah. The things that are not seen are manifested in the things 
that are seen. We understand that the worlds were framed. We serve a God that everything that was created was created. The Bible says for Jesus in Colossians, everything was created through him and by him and for him. He created you for himself. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Everything that was created was created through him and by him and for him. So repeat this after me. I was created through him, by him, and for him. Somebody that's dealing with depression right now needs to say that again. I was created through him, by him, and for him. Because through him, there was nothing that was in the world. The Bible said there was nothing in the world that was made that was made except through him. You are always on the mind of God. <laughs> number one let, let me go because i don't want to run out of time but i want you to show how faith how we live by faith the number thing faith thing that faith will show up in everybody say he'll show up in my worship <laughs> when you have real faith it doesn't matter i'm glad we got mr mr turhan over there killing on the bass and the music going and, and click tracks and all this stuff all that stuff is great but guess what when you're really worshiping god you don't need all that stuff we like it. I'm a musician. I like it. And we have it for the people that need it. But people who have a real relationship with God don't need music at all. Well, prove it by the scripture. Go to verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered, hallelujah, unto God a more excellent sacrifice. What is sacrifice? It's worship. Two people gave a sacrifice. But God was only pleased with one because one gave it in faith. He really believed in what he was doing. He wasn't just going through the motions. He gave the blood sacrifice that was required because he believed that your, your worship will have no effect if you don't have true faith. Somebody, somebody will catch this tomorrow, but you need to get it. That if you don't believe that God really is who he says he is and that he'll do who he, what he said he'll do, who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping the God of maybe instead of the God of miracles? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I'm not superhuman. I'm living in this flesh. And sometimes, do you know I get discouraged? Anybody else get discouraged sometimes? Anybody else feel like giving up? Anybody else feel like some problems or situations in your life? You, although everything, there's always somebody that will want to have your life. I don't have a bad life. God has blessed me. But humans, it's just human nature sometimes. When you lose hope sometimes in certain things and they don't move as quick as you want, you'll get discouraged. But when you believe that God is who he says he is, you can have faith because when you have that faith and you lift your hands and you worship God, what you're declaring is, I know my situation doesn't look like what's going on right now. My hands are lifted. I look like I have great expectation and great faith. I know that I, I'm looking like things are wonderful in my life. But right now, all hell is breaking loose in my life. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong in my life. But what I'm doing is I'm not praising you according to where I am. I'm praising you according to where you can take me. 
Abel gave a more excellent sacrifice. Number one, that faith should show up in my worship, but then faith should show up in my walking. Everybody say in my walking. The Bible says in Genesis chapter five that Enoch lived 365 years. And if you go back and look it up, it says that after Methuselah was born to Enoch, that Enoch walked another 300 years with God until Enoch was not. Sometimes it's hard for us to keep the faith for 300 minutes before we get discouraged. But the Bible says that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. And because he walked with God, God wouldn't even let him see death. God had already told Adam and Eve for the wages of sin is what? Death. He told them that if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Death's going to come with man. He said, my spirit can't strive with man because he's wicked. But because Enoch walked with God, God said, I'm not going to even let you experience death. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and then Enoch was just not because God took him on up to heaven because of his faith. His faith pleased God so much that God said, I'm going to bend the rule because it's my rule to hell. You ain't even got to die, Enoch. Come on up here. And be where I, oh Jesus. Some of you got some rules and some doors that are closed in your faith and I, in your world. And I submit to you, if you had enough faith, God may say, I know what the rules said, but you love me so much. Come on up here and let me bless you a little bit. Come here, Hezekiah. The, the prophet came to Hezekiah's door and he said, Hezekiah, that the Lord liveth, you're going to die. You, It's time for you to die. And the Bible says he turned his face to the wall. He didn't want to talk to nobody else. He didn't seek nobody else for help. And he said, Lord, I have served you. And then he said something else. He said, I walk with you. I had faith. And Lord, if I die, the grave can't praise you. And what God did is said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to give you another 15 years. I've come to tell you that if you will have faith, it doesn't matter what it looks like. You serve a God that can do exceedingly <laughs> abundantly above all you could ever ask. I think not only do I have to have faith in my worship, not only do I have to have faith in my watching and my walking, but I have to have faith in my watching. Because here's the key part about the people in the hall of faith. Hebrews says they all died and they never saw the promise come to pass. But it did. And why they're in the hall of faith? It's because they had enough faith to believe that even if I don't see it, I know you're still going to do it. The Hebrew boys, one of my favorite stories, because it shows you what true faith is. He's about to throw them in a furnace if they don't give up on him. And they say, oh, king, live forever. We know that our God is able to save us from the fire, but he might not. But I just want you to know something so you don't get Big-headed in case we, we burn up. Even if he didn't do it, he's still able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if somebody caught that, that had the faith to say, even if you don't heal me and it's time for me to go home, I still know that you are able and I'm going to praise you anyway. Even if it doesn't go the way that I want it and that, that you your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and your ways are higher than my way, I'm still going to praise you because even if you don't heal me, even if you don't work it out the way I want, I even though I don't see it in this life, I see it in the next because I believe that you're going to keep 
your promise. The Bible says in Hebrew, they died without being able to see those things manifested, which was the promised son of God, which was Jesus Christ. Joseph believed so much in faith. If you if you read down that Joseph believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, his father so much. He said, it's time for me to die. <laughs> but God has made a promise that he's going to give us a promised land. And I'm not going to make it to the promised land. But what I'm going to do is I believe so much that God's going to do it, that when they get my bones, don't leave here and leave me here because God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And when they come out in Exodus about 400 years later, they didn't just come out by themselves, but they came out taking Joseph's bones with them to the new promised land. Is there anybody who said I may not be, see the promise that God has for this church? I may not see the fulfillment of the promise that God has for Royal Oak, but I'm going to be used by him right now so that when he looks back, he can say, son, well done. Hallelujah. Some by some plant and some water. But God brings the increase. Somebody planted this church long ago. And now we're watering. And the increase may not come while we're here. But we will keep going. Why? Because we believe that one day God will bring the increase. God will do. Just what he says. We watch in anticipation for God to perform his promise. Just like those in the cloud of witnesses, they didn't see what God was going to do. But our prayer needs to be expectation and faith. Pull up Psalms chapter 5, verse 3 as we get ready to close. I want us all to read that Psalms chapter 5, verse 3. Let's read it together. What does it say? In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and I wait expectantly for you. We're going to read that two more times because I need you to read it like you feel it. I want you to talk to him when you read it this time. Say it again. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly hallelujah somebody just starting to get it if you have a request for for the lord you need god to do something in your life can you raise your hand to, to heaven just declare i need something and this time if you're declaring it, i want you to read that to god like you mean it let this be your prayer this morning let's read in the morning lord you hear my voice in the morning i lay my request before you and i wait expectantly hallelujah Somebody caught it. I wait expectantly. I don't wait hoping that maybe you'll do it. I wait knowing that you will do it. You may not do it when I want you to do it, but I know that when you're ready to do it, you're going to do it and you're able to do it. So I'm going to praise you right now on credit for what I've not yet seen. Somebody needs to learn to praise God on credit. Somebody needs to learn to praise God now for what you're going to get later. Go ahead and swipe the credit card of faith and say, God, I don't have it, but I'm going to go ahead and praise you right now. God, I don't see it right now, but I'm going to go ahead and praise you. God, I don't have it, but I'm going to go ahead and lift my hand. And I'm going to worship you. Because I'm not focused on my problem. I'm focused on my future with you. man came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you can, I need you to heal my child. 
And Jesus looked at him in amazement and said, if you can, help him. Mark 9, 23, Jesus replied to him and said, everything is possible for one who believes. All things are possible. Just believe. Is there anybody that believes this morning? Yes. Amen. If you've got a situation as Brother Dave comes and the prayer team comes this morning, I want you to come to this altar. And even if you don't need them to lay hands on you, you, you can stay at the altar for yourself because you can come and get what you need. It, all things are possible. Only believe. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you that you're more than enough. Oh God, I thank you that somebody's miracle is being worked out right now. I thank you that somebody's situation is being worked out right now. And although they might not see it, thank you, God, that you're working behind the scenes to work something in the physical that they can't see in the invisible. God, I pray that you increase their faith from faith to faith, that they have the faith, that they will not give up. Lord, don't let their faith faint. Don't let their faith fail, but help them to hold on to the promise that you give them. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise in the mighty, in the matchless name of Jesus as we work by faith and we walk by faith and we watch by faith. For you to do just what you said you would do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.